Welcome everybody back to the Built Different Podcast. I'm back with Bill. We're here with episode 13 of Gold Rush. The NFL is is taking shape. It's taking form. We're getting ready for the new season. Just got done with the draft. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the draft, talk about some winners, losers, all of our opinions on the draft. We're also going to give you a nice top five after that. Um, You know, we're going to put some fun in the air, have fun with it. Um, And then we're going to talk about the schedules being released. So, Bill, why don't you kick us off with some NFL draft talk? Sounds good. First off, it was just a generally exciting draft. I love seeing the movement. No team was afraid to really move up, move down. Yeah, I was going to say it was pretty aggressive. Pretty aggressive. It was. It was. I had a very hard time finding the stats on this. I don't know why this isn't more readily available, but I feel like it was most trades we've had in the first round at least. Uh, but uh, either way, it was a lot. So some teams moving several times all around. It, there were definitely some people that fell that didn't expect to fall. Definitely. And the reason being is there was a whole lot of reaching going on as well. Uh, so yeah. all around, there's a lot you can speculate on. It wasn't a, class where there were absolute foolproof one through 25 picks or anything like that so i think we really have to wait for the season to see how it shakes out but you know we're not going to do that we're going to talk about it here as if (laughs) uh people just won the super bowl based on what they did on one thursday evening so uh tom i'm going to kick it over to you to start uh who do you feel had the best draft uh, who had the best draft? Um, you know, it's kind of a toss-up for me between Philly and Houston. I know, you know, Houston, they got very, very aggressive during that draft. I will explain. Um, but the, re- the reason why I take the Eagles is because, yet again, you know, Howie's up there in his castle of doom just working his ass off. Um, and he gets us Jalen Carter and his teammate nolan smith and then you know throughout the rest of the draft we filled our needs especially you know we got an extra corner we got our young safety you know we're, we're doing what we got to do um with with what we had um and that's the best you can ask for and right. when it when it comes to the eagles it's a team that just made the super bowl just having this great of a draft it's not something that you see very often uh but they did it and they filled all the holes that everyone said were missing. Right. You know, when we were going through the offseason and we were letting people walk. Um, but yeah, yeah, how do you feel about the Eagles draft? I thought it was stellar. It's incredibly rare that you have a team that makes the Super Bowl really partially riding their defense. And then they go in and they get to take two of the top, let's say, top five defenders, probably the best defender in the class, which that alone doesn't happen almost never can you get two of the top five defenders in the draft on any team. Yeah. And this team that just got a Super Bowl did now it. Now we got it, five not... Georgia Bulldogs that, that played with each other. Yeah. The <laughs> Georgia Belfia Bull Eagles or I forget Whatever what they changed the Twitter handle for a, for a moment there. It, it's yeah, nuts. it's, it's but, insane. Yeah, you talk about that like familiarity with your teammates – they can adapt the Georgia system. They might yeah. as well at this point, but still uh, just having people in the roles near you that can help get you up to speed. It goes a long way in any job, any career, uh, yeah. let alone it in a defensive scheme that these players are getting used to. So I, I think these players are going to have an impact 
very yeah, quickly. Absolutely. And I think it's going to be a major one. So and I, I, I love it because, yeah. you know, when, when, you, when you talk about one of the greatest college defenses of all time and now they get to play together in the NFL, I think that's motivation alone. Like you win in college, you're going to want to win in the NFL yeah. as well. Why not, you know, do it with a bunch of your buddies and then we got the veteran leadership already there. And then on the offensive side, you know, Jalen Hurts got his got his payday, so he's going to be a happy man throwing to some happy receivers. And I think it's just going to be a happy season in Philly. Um, but the the thing that I love is is just like I said, I mean, it was smart to let some of these guys walk because I'm not going to sit here and say that the Eagles defense was overrated by any means last year. Um, but I think we can all agree the Eagles did have somewhat of an easier schedule on top of an easier walk in the playoffs to get to the Chiefs. And then on the grandest stage of them all, that defense absolutely collapsed. So, again, yeah, maybe we probably could have ran it back one more year with that defense. But at the same time, why not take advantage of what was presented to us having that draft pick that we had um, right. and just continuing on. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, dilly, dilly. and then you talk about what you're able to do on the offensive side of the ball. Not really a draft pick, but adding DeAndre Swift via draft yeah. capital. Yeah. <laughs> it just cool. kept going. It was just, it was just yeah. all like the, the whole three days. It was just nonstop, just Eagles, just making the best draft picks or trades that they could at the like. They were just trade. It was just the whole time. If you were an Eagles fan, you got something to follow literally the whole time. And then that yeah. Swift was just the cherry on top of the cake. Right, right. It, it's crazy. And then, so I'll dive into it in a moment. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but they were helped by one other item, which I'll circle back to momentarily. Uh, but moving over to your Texans, they were amongst my top as well. Uh, having two out of the top three picks in the draft is bonkers as well. Yeah. So now you have what you feel, who knows if where they have their quarterbacks ranked. Maybe they did have Bryce Young ahead of Stroud, but they didn't have that opportunity for us to find that out. Uh, so they have the number two pick. They do go quarterback where a lot of people didn't think they were going to. A lot of people thought they were going to take Will Anderson at number two. And then they go ahead and take Will Anderson at number three. Uh, so they have the best defender on their board, hands down, because they had their choice. And I personally like Carter better. But, hey, they didn't. That's what mattered there. They got their guy. They got what they feel they're going to get the most out of. And I trust in D'Amico Ryans right now. We'll we'll find out a little bit more about that as time goes on. Uh, but then adding C.J. Stroud, it might have been their best offensive player on the board too. So yeah. if they really got their pick of the litter, number one and number two picks, that's fantastic. You don't really get to do that ever either. So you're right. I think both of your picks, you found two teams that did something that no teams really ever, ever, ever get to do. So great pick. Yeah, it's it's insane what Houston um, was able to do there. I mean, it's a little bit of a risk, right? Because, you know, you're giving your 2024 first-round pick. You're giving a couple other picks away just for this and a couple other things. But at the end of the day, I love the culture that's in Houston right now. I'm I'm loving it. You know, you got the fresh new coach, D'Amico Ryans, who's coming off of one hell of a job done in San Francisco, coming home to Houston. Like, the, the story cannot be better there. And then yeah. you it, it's fresh. You get a brand new, possibly franchise quarterback. I know, you know, we're yeah. not 
we're not sitting here saying CJ Stroud is absolutely surefire real deal, but he's going into a good situation. And I think that's what kind of separates him and Bryce Young, who I imagine we're going to talk about in a moment. Um, what separates them from some of these past quarterbacks that have been drafted in these last few drafts is that they're going into some really good situations where some of these quarterbacks were just thrown into some really, really horrible uh, situations, which, you know, for example, Zach Wilson. I mean, I know, you know, we can agree to disagree about talent, everything there, but he was thrown into a horrible situation with that. Another one that fell completely off the map was Baker Mayfield. And yeah, he did handle it at one point in time in Cleveland really well. But it probably wasn't a situation he should, he should have been thrown into by any means. Right. Um, so, you know, to keep that up, I like the C.J. Stroud pick. Will Anderson, I believe he's a very generational defender. I think it was worth that trade. You might as well get, the, in their opinion, the top defender. You might as well pair him with C.J. Stroud. And all, all the money that they've spent in free agency, I think they're going for it this year. I think they want their young guys to, to go out there and do their thing. They have a very young room of receivers. Um, we've seen we've seen young receivers gel before, so yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. I, but I love it right now. I'm yeah. I'm loving where Houston's at. And I I think the number one thing you said there was culture. And I think what yeah. you don't typically see is a brand new quarterback come in, get the reins to the franchise immediately, start losing, yeah. and then stop. It just doesn't happen like that. You don't stop losing. If you create that losing culture for this quarterback, it's exactly. there to stay. And then he doesn't become your franchise quarterback. There are exceptions to the rule, but most of the quarterbacks that are absolute top dogs in the NFL right now, they walked into situations, situations yeah. that were decent or better. So the Texans had a lot of work to do, but they got to work fast. So It they, reminds me of Cincinnati. It yeah. completely reminds me of what Cincinnati uh, got when they drafted Burrow and, and Chase. Right, right. Well, and the thing about Burrow is when his team was bad, he broke his leg immediately. Kind of. <laughs> right. like it, it was too soon for him to get used to yeah. losing. So that, it's a terrible thing, but it might have been, been one of the best things that happened to him career-wise. Because A, it's going to, if, if nothing else, it's going to inspire the Bengals to start paying offensive linemen. But right. beyond that, it, it allowed him, it allowed the team to develop a little bit more. It added some draft capital without creating a losing culture around this quarterback. Uh, so, I, right, I think if the Texans muster up close to a 500 record this year, that's insane progress, and yeah. that looks like winning culture. And you can you can spin that without C.J. Stroud ever getting beat down over his year. We'll talk more about quarterback fits. We'll talk more about why we think the Texans are in good shape and why it is a good fit. Uh, but before we do, my winner, and I'm cheating a little bit, but the team that had the absolute best Thursday in recent draft history is, to me, the Baltimore Ravens. You lock in Lamar Jackson at the highest contract ever at the time, which is about to already not be <laughs> as we stand a few weeks later. Uh, but the highest contract in NFL history at the time, you add Zay Flowers, and all of a sudden, this offense has firepower. You have a defense that I think might be the best in the league right now. 
I very well think Rokon Smith and that Baltimore defense could be the number one defense in the league next year. We we and, saw it last year in the postseason. Saw it. Saw it clear yeah. as day. And if, if people did not see that, they are going to wake up a lot of people this year, I feel. Yeah. And just with a healthy Lamar alone, let alone adding the weapons around him, this Ravens team is the real deal. They didn't have yeah. many gaps. They did absolutely zero during the offseason prior to draft day. Absolutely zero. Signed no one. But then they got their guy. They got Odell Beckham pretty recently before that. They got their guy in Lamar Jackson, of course, and then they add Zay Flowers. So now all of a sudden when you had Rashad Bateman as your number one receiver, who knows exactly where he fits in now, uh, but you have him and Devin DuVernay was your number two. DuVernay is very likely your number four at this point. So that shows how much they needed that wide receiver help. And DuVernay is going to be a serviceable number four. So between those four and Mark Andrews, plenty of pass catchers, give them a healthy backfield. Uh, they've always been able to run the ball well. Uh, just they can't have six running backs go down to injury like they did the one time. That Ravens team is just nuts. I, I'm looking forward to watching the Baltimore Ravens next year, except for when they're playing against Dolphins. Yeah, and it's it's filthy. Like, well, what they have built here is absolutely filthy. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, that this is a defense that absolutely stopped Joe Burrow right in his tracks. Something that Buffalo couldn't do and something that the Chiefs almost couldn't do. So what made the biggest difference between last year's team and this year's team is obviously gonna be, you know, Lamar Jackson being healthy. Because we also have to remember that Lamar Jackson Again, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I still feel this way that if he was a paid man last year, he would have been playing those games. Yeah. So, like That's literally what it came down to, is that Lamar Jackson wanted to preserve himself and not really fuck himself out of the contract that he just got. So yeah. we can announce Lamar Jackson as the big winner of this, of this offseason saga, negotiating his own contract, getting paid a lot of fucking money. A lot of money. Um, very deserving um, because I, again, the Ravens, now they're at this point where they're absolutely, you know, favorites in the AFC because we're going to get a healthy Lamar, um, healthy Odell for whatever it's worth. DeAndre Hopkins has been seen working out with Odell a lot. And that, that could mean that he ends up in Baltimore. We'll, we'll definitely see. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I mean, just the team all around, defense, offense, this team is disgusting. Yeah. And the fact that they figured out with Lamar is it's just a beautiful ending. Beautiful ending to a very rough story. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a storybook ending. I'm not saying it's a great storybook, but it's a storybook ending nonetheless. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I don't think Hopkins is going to end up in Baltimore this year. I do think he stays put in Arizona for one more year. I think that might kill his career, man. I don't want to see it. It could, it could, <laughs> but it, it, with the thing, something that you mentioned, Arizona trading out of that number three, they're in a very uncertain spot right now. They don't know what the hell they have. They might've just made a terrible head coaching decision or a genius one. They might have a great quarterback or they might not have a quarterback. They have no identity right now. They're going to figure it out or they're not. That's the thing. There is this situation where they're not going to figure it out. But either way, it will be a whole lot better for the GM to divest more of those assets next year 
once they kind of figure it out. Because you don't want to start from scratch if you don't have to. And the Cardinals right. have talent. They just don't know what the hell to do with it. They have a so, lot of talent. Yeah. So if they can figure it out, they, they're building from, you know, the the fourth floor up instead of the ground up. And that's a better situation unless it's going to lead to mediocrity. If you know your cap is mediocrity, it's time to sell sell your assets, right? So we'll see what they have, but I think they're going to spend one more year trying to figure out exactly what they have before they sell off Hopkins. Uh, one team that a lot of people pegged as losers, particularly after drafting one particular player, they pegged the Detroit Lions as losers. And it was mostly after drafting Gibbs where they could have had Bijan Robinson. What say you about the Detroit Lions? Well, I think, you know, I mean, at first, uh, I think the initial reaction was that a lot of people were saying, oh, my God, this is another Detroit Lions move. But at the same time, if you just look at Gibbs, you watch the tape, you watch the highlights, you know, you read the stories. I'm not saying he's better than Bijan Robinson, but I, I, you can make the argument that he's just as good. Um, so, you know, whether they got Bijan or they got Gibbs, I think either way they win that pick. And it's not like, yeah, they're reaching for a running back, yes, but we see all the time that NFL teams win with some very impossible offenses. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he he's talented alone, um, but when you look at these teams like the 49ers and the Eagles, they're winning strategy, they're winning formulas by having – you know, obviously they have good defenses, but their offense is disgusting and just works in so many ways. You know, right. running, you know, the quarterback can do a whole lot of things. The running backs can do a whole lot of things. Receivers running a whole bunch of different routes. Um, and I think that's what the Lions are trying to build. They see the winning formula in front of them and they're trying to imitate it. And Gibbs, if what they're planning on doing with him and making him a, a two-way receiver He's going to be filthy in that role. I mean, I think he runs routes better than Bijan when it when it comes to being a receiver. Um, and that literally adds something very scary to Detroit. They're not going to get uh, Jamison Williams for, you know, six weeks. But when yeah. he comes on and if everybody is healthy, that team is going to be very hard to beat. I, I think top defenses will struggle with that team because the playbook is going to be completely wide open. I love yeah. I love the pick. I mean, at first, yeah, I criticized it a little bit. Like, you know, this seems like something Detroit would do. But it seems like the things that Detroit is doing lately, it's they can't fumble. They, they're they touching gold on almost everything that they're doing. Yeah, I so I was in the same boat at first. I didn't hate the pick of Gibbs because I, as a Dolphins fan, had looked pretty heavily into him. With that said – we were looking at him. We didn't. We didn't have a pick on day one, and we were looking at Gibbs. We were thinking there's a decent chance he's falling to the third round, at first. And then as it got closer to the draft, we knew that wasn't going to happen. But we certainly didn't think he was going number twelve overall. Uh, so the thing is, what you also have to weigh into it is not only are they getting Gibbs, but they're also getting Sam Laporta in this, who I think is a great tight end. The thing is, tight ends take a few years. So that wasn't really a now pick. There are very few rookie tight ends that really come in and make an impact. Fryermuth is probably the best rookie tight end in, in a while. So it, Pitts was supposed to be that guy. Did fine, you know, then got hurt, 
year two, but yeah. it, it's Pitts very well could be, still be a generational tight end. But Sam Laporta, I'm not putting him in that category. He's still going to be solid, just not right away. So they found a way to flip if they really thought it was close between Gibbs and Robinson, then by all means, it is a fine move. If Gibbs ends up being better than Robinson, they automatically win. If Laporta does anything on top of that, they win again. So we have to wait and see, really. What I really like is everything they did after that. I'm fine with the Jack Campbell pick. And, you know, I, I think they added a lot of pieces that fill the very few holes that they have. And really, it's adding depth. Uh, it's a team that needed depth more than anything because they need competition to bring the pieces they have up. They have a lot of good and not a lot of great. You have a few lottery tickets at that great. And in addition, it, well, and trading down does get you additional lottery tickets while we're at it. But in addition, you have a little bit more competition to drive everybody up. Over to my, I will give you my loser. I have one loser for the draft. And it is the Miami Dolphins. No picks on day one. No, nothing in round two. So our first pick is is fine. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the running back Devin <laughs> Achani, Akani. I'll learn that, I hope, based on watching NFL Red Zone. Uh, so we'll find out on that piece. But what grinds my gears about it the most, <laughs> we lose this pick via tampering. And then the Cardinals, who tampered with Shane Steichen, instead of losing a pick, they end up having to trade it to the Eagles. How does that work? (laughs) How he's working, man. (laughs) What kind of sorcery is this shit? It's not fair at all. Like, how does another team benefit from that? And and by all means, there's not. It's not like we we're going to give our first rounder to the Bucks. Uh, Tom's retired now, so it is what it is. It, it sucks, but I I I'm bitter, and it was not as fun watching the draft when your horse is not even in the race. When your horse is scratched, it's not nearly as fun. But still, at least it was exciting with all the trades. Uh, so, all around solid draft. Uh, I do have do a loser. Again? I do have a loser. So oh, we do have a loser now. Yeah, so I definitely have a loser. You just caught me off guard with the with the loser <laughs> question. Um, because I, I you saw my uh, little pre-draft thing. It was nothing but winners. Because I love the I love this draft. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, but definitely a loser in my opinion is the Tennessee Titans. I mean, obviously we have to wait and see what Will Levis becomes. Um, but we obviously see that he has a very poor attitude. He can't already can't take his losses. Um, and on top of that, they didn't trade Henry and they didn't trade Tannehill. And I know we we sound like a broken record because I think from day one or day two, one of the first two episodes we sat here and we were like, come on, please trade Derrick Henry. Let this Tannehill thing go. Rebuild. But it's starting to very much so look like we're going to end up with the same bullshit next year and possibly a nice win streak in the beginning and completely falling apart towards the end because it's done. 
stick a fork in it. Like this, yeah. this version of the Titans is done. I hope they eventually trade Henry um, and Tannehill, but I think the most that they could have gotten out of those two would have been on draft day um, if they got you know anything um, worth yep. anything. But I think at the very least, they could have gotten something for Henry. They could have gotten yep. something for Tannehill. They didn't. I think it's harder to trade them now than it would have been on draft day. But we'll Agreed. we'll just have to wait and see. But they're yeah, definitely a I, bunch of losers. <laughs> right, right. I don't know exactly what the market would have been for Tannehill because we really had a lot of teams come yeah. out and say they're not in the market for a quarterback where we felt they should have been. Uh, yeah. So, i.e. Washington Commanders. So, with that said, Henry, I think you're absolutely right. I, I can't fathom that no one made calls as seeing about derrick henry's availability well, it was it was close i guess there was an eagles and um titans trade that was close for henry but it just fell apart but, yeah there and there's no reason for that like somebody yeah. needs to not be so proud to decline an offer of any kind and let that man go have a chance somewhere right especially on the eagles that would have been nuts that would have been right. insane yeah, it's not fair. And you you see, it's not like they gave up very much for DeAndre Swift, though. So that's the right. thing. If that's what the offer was, then I it's borderline disrespectful. And, yeah, I, you might as well reject it. But still, I, you know, it's – I would have liked to see Henry go anywhere else for the most part. Um, I heard he was going to the Bills at one point, except that. I'll say that. <laughs> I'd like to see him go anywhere else except the Bills. Uh, but – Overall, it was just a generally very, very unexciting draft haul from the Titans. So they yeah. improve at guard, of course. The spinning <laughs> first rounder on a lineman, you should improve there. I like Skaronsky. I think he'll be a good player. But you're losing Taylor Lewan too. So are you really even a better team after that? Right. Given Lewan's older, he might not even land on an NFL roster. So sure, it, it's. You didn't really have much of a choice, but I can't say you're a better team than you were last year by having Skronsky now. So then you add Will Levis, which suddenly makes your Malik Willis pick become a roster yeah. level player. Yeah. That, that was a whole point that I left off was that whole thing. Like if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna draft Will Levis, you might like you might as well have spent that draft pick on something that you actually could have needed and just kept going with Willis because you know, Levis is coming into this with a poor attitude. You know, he fell for a reason. Um, your team is not good. So what are you really going to get out of Levis that, that you're not going to get out of Willis? So, yeah. So I'll, I'll try to play a little devil's advocate <laughs> here. And it pains me a little because I don't really like Levis. I don't think this is going to happen. But frankly, there were teams that saw a whole lot in Will Levis. Will Evans was projected to be the number one quarterback off the board not all that long ago. And then Bryce Young steps up. CJ Stroud steps up. Anthony Richardson comes out of nowhere. And Hennon Hooker was also in that mix. So there's a lot to discuss here quarterback-wise. A lot of movement that happened. But somebody saw things in Will Evans. What we never did see was his love for the game. And then we see he's his little attitude and everything. It, yeah, it's I just thought it was horrible. not a good look. Not showing up on day two of the draft where you are certain to go. And frankly, you I would hope you have rumblings that you're going early at that point. So I don't like that you're not there with 
to celebrate with Goodell and everything and, and make this a persistent story, something that kids can look up to. Whereas I loved Stroud's interview when he got drafted that I gained a lot of respect for CJ Stroud after that. I like Bryce Young's, you know, across the board, everybody looked good except Will Levis. So bad look, probably a bad pick, but value wise, you have a chance at a generational talent, which is what he was being pegged as not all that long ago. But you also have a chance that this is basically Josh Rosen. And I think it's probably more likely that that's the case. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll be, we'll definitely be interesting, but what are your, what are your absolute final takes from the draft? Um, we'll have you give some final takes. I'll give some final takes and then we'll move on. Cause it was definitely an exciting draft. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, it's I want to see these trades all the time. I I I think that's really what makes this whole thing more exciting. Makes an event. It's a spectacle. This is the NFL is full of genius marketing people who time these things out where there's always NFL to talk about, and that's it. That keeps you and I employed here, (laughs) where we're (laughs) always going to have something to talk about. Uh, and it keeps a whole lot of people employed throughout the leagues at, to continue driving this stuff, pushing it year round. So that's really all I got. Yeah. Um, you know, last couple things, you know, I love, you know, one more thing on the Texans and Cardinals trade. I love the Cardinals position in the trade because they have no idea. Like you said, they have no, absolutely no idea what they're about to go into um, this year. They don't know what they have. So might as well say like not really invest in too much here in the first round. Um, figure it out next year, especially if the Texans, you know, if they fall apart, you know, the Cardinals are going to be looking like absolute, you know, beasts with that trade. But on the Texans side, I I wanted to touch on it again. I love their draft. I honestly, I think I'm going to make peg them the winners ultimately overall. I know I gave you two. I'm going to narrow it down to one and say it's the Texans because again, after everything that went down, you know, you didn't deliver the championship that J.J. Watt probably deserved while he was there before he fell apart. The whole Deshaun Watson situation went as horribly as you could possibly imagine. These fans are invested. These fans are going to, I think, show up greatly this year no matter what happens. And you're giving them something to watch. So I think all around Houston Texans, it's it's going to be a beautiful love story, hopefully. <laughs> well, let's see it. I'm here for that ride. That should be a fun one. So... Uh, just to really wrap up the draft, I do want to walk through some of the quarterbacks and, and just really figure out which ones you feel landed in a good spot, landed in a bad spot. We already talked a little bit about Will Levis. Let's finish that up. That team kind of in shambles right now. It was a shambles. bad team last year. Can't say it got any better. And frankly, they lost some pieces. Traylon Burks might be the real deal at receiver. Derrick Henry is not getting any younger. Do you fear that offense, even if Will Levis is good? I mean, if Will Levis is good and Derrick Henry is healthy, then yeah, this 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 will be, you know, it'll be redeemable. But the chances of this happening uh, are very slim because one, their offensive line has completely fallen off the face of the earth. Um, Derrick Henry, his health, I mean, if he's not going to have a good offensive line, it's almost safe to assume that he's not going to get to the end of the year unless he's traded. Um, so I don't, 
I, I don't see good things happening from this. Again, there's that you never know um, story, but I'm if I'm gonna bet on this, I'm gonna bet on I don't I don't like it for Will Levis or the Titans. I agree wholeheartedly. I I think it's a bad fit. Uh, and t- here's the here's this part that sucks the most for Will Levis. When you fall in the draft, what's cool about it? Is all teams with the worst record already passed you up? So typically, right, you land so you get picked up by a good team, possibly. Yeah, 49ers, <laughs> something like that. Nope. Circles back around to the ti- to the Titans, and now it, he's probably in the worst shape out of all of these. There's one place that there's one other team that I like the fit even less, and it's something that I predicted would happen. Let's wait. Let's save that one. Uh, let's first just start right at the top. Bryce Young going to the Panthers. How does it make you feel? Um, I like it. I personally, I 110% like it. Bryce Young is talented. I had him number one when everyone had CJ Stroud number one. I think Bryce Young, he's he's going to be good. Um, I like that the Carolina Panthers, they're not, they didn't necessarily go into a full rebuild. So he's going to come into a team that has a lot of veteran presence. Sure which I think is very necessary for him. Um, Reich is going to get a second shot as a head coach in the place that started his NFL career. So I think if there's any other time to be motivated, it's now, especially now that he doesn't have fucking Carson Wentz um, to drag him down. So I personally like it. Um, I obviously don't like it as much. I don't like their culture as much as the Texans, but I still think he's going into a good situation. And like I said, separated from some of these other quarterbacks, like I said, you know, Zach Wilson, I don't think he got birthed into a good situation. Um, Mac Jones, I think being the post-Tom Brady quarterback, I don't think that was that was a good um, situation. You know, Aaron Donald, we can even bring that back with the Jets as well. Not a good situation because they had absolutely nothing. Um, and then now we're going to see Will Levis, and we'll, we'll see what happens from it. But it's not often that the first pick is going into a good situation these days, or even a first five pick is going into... A good situation. Um, so I love it. I absolutely yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah, right. And and they, it was a little bit of a rebuild, but they did it fast. And yeah. they did it kind yeah. of in one off season, right? And it's not like this is a championship caliber team. But if you look at Thielen being there, DJ Chark yeah. being there, he has okay weapons just there. Yeah. Then you consider Terrace Marshall, who came along pretty nicely by the end of the year. LaVisca Chenault, I still have hope for. I, I like him. I, I think he's a solid player. I don't know why, but I, I think we might see something <laughs> from him by the end of the year as well. Miles Sanders uh, joins yeah. Chuba Hubbard in the backfield. Solid offense all around. Uh, so they added, I believe Hayden Hurst is new to that offense as well. Yeah. Uh, so, so the veteran. If, Young, if he plays decently, this could very well be a playoff team. Yeah. What's nice so. about it is he has a lot of veteran presence at every position. Uh, so even Miles Sanders is, is qualifies as a veteran now. So uh, you, you're you the young guy. You bring this youth and athleticism. Everyone else can take care of the leadership piece. You don't need to be that immediately. You can learn that, acclimate to that. So, yeah, I, I really do like that situation. Over the Texans, which we already talked about quite a bit. Yeah. That's the most up-and-coming offense to me right there. If you look at C.J. Stroud landing there, 
talking the Texans into drafting Tank Dell. They get Robert Woods, given Robert Woods is not a wide receiver one on many teams in this league. He has to be here, and that's not a great sign for your high-end talent. But again, it's up and coming. We don't need the Texans to win the division this year. We don't need them to make the playoffs this year for this team to be successful. We need them, again, to finish somewhere around 500, and it's going to show crazy progress. And another weapon that they're getting back is John Mechie, who just beat cancer. And you and I were talking about this previously. Gives me big James Conner vibes. He came back emotionally charged and was a beast for the Steelers. He was never like top end, one of the best running backs in the league or anything like that, but he was very good. And I think that's probably where Mechie's going to end up. Plus you have Nico Collins developing as well. So hopefully Robert Woods can take these guys along for the ride a little bit, show them the ropes a bit, help them grow. Uh, But again, I think it's going to be a very positive atmosphere, great culture, and will lead to good things. Yeah. And to wrap up my opinions on the Texans as well, obviously we we love it. We love the the pick. Um, you know, for them, I think they're going to be a lot like how we viewed the Lions last year. Um, as, you know, they have, they're going to have a lot of boxes to check off. I think they will absolutely check them off, but not one of those boxes will be making the playoffs. Just so happens that the Lions just absolutely went on a goddamn tear that's like one of my favorite runs it's probably my favorite run in, in like NFL history that didn't end up in a playoff berth. Um, I can't but, close. <laughs> yeah. So I think the Texans are going to be in that, you know, Detroit Lions situation. They're coming off of some very horror-filled last few years. They're finally fresh. They got some new faces there. Um, you know, I think it's just, they're going to be it's going to be fun football to watch. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. On to a different one before we wrap up. Uh, (laughs) Hendon Hooker landing with the Lions. Uh, Since you mentioned the Lions, figure check this off quick. Awesome fit. Not going to see the field for a good long while. I think that's perfect for him. I think there's at least one more quarterback who we're going to talk about uh, that I think would benefit from this kind of situation. This is where I would hope somebody else would land. Uh, But Hendon Hooker lands in a great spot. I, I think we all know how much we love the Lions and how much we talk about the Lions team and the the cast around them. Jared Goff, the Dark Knight, doesn't last forever. He will ride off into the sunset eventually. And when he does, Hendon Hooker is there to take over the Batmobile here. So I I like it. I think it's a great pick. Any anything on Hendon Hooker? I mean Jared Goff, I believe he has one or two years left on his contract. I believe he has a full two years left on the contract. So realistically, with this pick, you get a you get a talented quarterback that can grow. Has a lot, you know, very huge ceiling. He can grow. Um, you know, why not? <laughs> I mean, this yeah. offense is going to be scary. So I like that they picked this because you never know the off chance that Jared Goff gets hurt. Um, you'll have someone that could um, step in, and I imagine he's going to mesh well with this team. You know, when they're training. And he's learning, and I think Jared Goff is the perfect guy to learn from at this point. Yeah. What a fucking career for Jared Goff. I know, I know. We always get to this point where I ramble on about Jared Goff, <laughs> but like, it's just, it's my my favorite turnaround. I think I'm gonna end up with a Jared Goff jersey here soon, because um, it's it's just been a very good story that I've just loved every moment of. And it Absolutely. Just continues. Yeah, yeah, and 
that's you made a couple great points there. It's back up to Jared Goff is, is fine. If Jared Goff gets hurt, all of a sudden they're serviceable there. Uh, in addition, not just looking down to the end of Jared Goff's contract, but frankly, like now they have an option if Goff doesn't continue to play as well as he has. Not that that's even possible, right? But if Jared Goff doesn't continue his remarkable streak that he's on right now, uh, then, you know, they could look elsewhere uh, for a lower contract and then invest that money elsewhere. Maybe they need something else at that time and they can use that quarterback money elsewhere because the the best way to get value and, and flux, influx of value in all the other positions is having a quarterback on a rookie contract. Cheapest way you can have a quarterback on the roster, really. So uh, especially not even a first rounder. So, again, perfect fit and Guy I wish would have gotten drafted there instead uh, ends up on the Colts. Anthony Richardson, who I think lands in the absolute worst fit for him because this is the one place where he is absolutely going to have to be a starter. And he is not ready. And I feel like this is the way that you destroy Anthony Richardson. And I don't like it. We talked about this before. He's the guy I was most excited to see where he lands. There are a number of places where I would have really liked him to go. Would have been fine with him in Atlanta. Would have been fine with him in Detroit. I would have been fine with him in Seattle. I would have preferred him in Seattle, really, behind Geno. But instead, he goes to the Colts. No veteran leadership. No veteran presence to learn from. Young coach. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I mean, it's just, it's going to be whatever he makes of it. I mean, I think in this situation, um, he at least has some talent around him. I mean, it's yeah. not like it's going to be completely. I, yeah. I like, he has one of the highest end wide receiver ones and the best running back out of anybody we just talked yeah. about. Yeah. So I think like it'll literally be what Richard wants, uh, Richardson wants out of this situation. Um, do, do I think it'll be good? It's the Indianapolis Colts. It's like I said, I don't see them doing anything anything this year um i think this year i am honestly shocked that they still have jonathan taylor shocked that they went for richardson so we'll see what happens they're going to be one of those teams that just exist and they could end up something or they could end up nothing but with the the luck well i won't i won't say luck because both um luck and uh peyton manning were both you know high-end draft picks um but with the luck that the colts have had at the quarterback position I, I think it's something that's fair that you can say could end up good, but I don't know. <laughs> that's that's the biggest wait-and-see situation I think we got. Yeah. You know, with every stroke of luck that they've had, though, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, yeah. think about where they've been since then. Yeah. Well, Let's hey, I mean, they've survived. They've survived. Yeah. You know, Carson Wentz, uh, Rivers, uh, Matt Ryan. Well, they didn't survive with yeah. Matt Ryan. But, I was going to yeah. say it. <laughs> who survived because Jim Hersey is about the only guy left <laughs> from any of that. So uh, yeah, that, that wraps us up with the, the top level quarterbacks that really got drafted. Anybody that we feel is likely to make an impact. Of course, there's Tony Rome was a world who don't even get drafted and end up making a name for themselves, but that's who we believe is likely to be talked about in years forward. Uh, so moving on, have some fun. Let's have some fun <laughs> here. So 
we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because in a later date, we're going to uh, give you a full 32-team power ranking. We're going to break down the entire, entire league, let you know who sucks and who's good. Uh, but for now, we'll focus on top five. Uh, we're each going to give our top five. First, just going to list them off. Uh, start with your fifth place, then I'll give mine. Who do you have as your number five? Number five, let's give a shout-out to Jared Goff. I don't give a shit. I have to put them on the list. I'm going with the Detroit Lions at number five. I, again, I love what they're building there. Jared Goff, if there's anyone that has everything in the world to play for, it's just Jared Goff, and I'm a huge fan. If there was a cult for Jared Goff, I'd be in it. Um, because yeah, This is it. Yeah, th- this is it. You know, um, But shout-out to Jared Goff. I think the Lions all around, you know, they I think they filled the defense pretty I don't think they did the best that they could do on their defense, but I think it's still a winning effort. It, it's still an improvement that they've made that they needed to make. Um and if their defense really does its job and I'd say at the very least can have teams score three or less touchdowns, I think their offense is gonna take care of the job every time they go out on the field. Because they, they showed that last year. They were ripping apart top defenses with their offense. So um, I'm not expecting that to change. They still have, in my opinion, a fantastic running back room. Um, I know Jamal, you know, he they, they elected to let him go. Um, but at the same time, who they replaced him with and what they have right now I think is very good. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have him as my favorite for the division, which is crazy to say that NFC North is likely to go to the Lions. But I believe it's theirs to lose. We're back. <laughs> we're, we're back to those days. <laughs> yeah, it's only been 40 years. So <laughs> my number five, I have my Miami Dolphins coming in at number five. And this is tough. Honestly, I, I would say honorable mention uh, teams. I, I won't say it yet because you might think they're top four. I'll circle back to that, but still the dolphins come in number five for me. I, I think they could be anywhere on a number of lists. They could be barely top 10. They could be number one overall. I think there's a lot we have to see from the dolphins. If you look back though, to when two was healthy, here's what was going on. Defense was giving up a ton of points. The offense was just an absolute shootout mode and was able to get it done. They were always able to drum up enough offense to get it done. Yeah. The offense was never a question. So what do you do this offseason? You do everything you need to do on defense. Dedicated it to the defense. First off, yeah. you get Xavier Howard healthy. Second off, you put Jalen Ramsey on the opposite side of the field from him. Even bigger than that, you hire Vic Fangio, who has had top five defenses everywhere he has gone. You tell me that that Dolphins defense is going to be top five? Promise you that they're in the playoffs. No question about it. And frankly, yeah. they should We're win that AFC championship, honestly. Right. I don't see really a situation where if they play to their potential, that they're not in the AFC championship game. Yeah. That's the bare minimum if they're playing to their Absolutely. potential. So I, mean, I and, think the, yeah, thanks on them actually yeah. having the top five defense, but Vic Fangio has delivered everywhere else. So why wouldn't he do it here? That's really that's it for the Dolphins for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Miami. Um, I said it when when Tua was healthy, and him, Hill, and Waddle were just clicking that that threesome right there. Um, that alone, like I said, it's gonna overwhelm a lot of defenses. And 
I see this team as like a surefire 30-point threat every single time they touch the field, no matter who they're facing. So if you keep Tua healthy, I definitely think they're a top-five team. They're not in my top-five right now um, because I got to see how this plays out for a few weeks. Um, But I love the team. I love what they've done on defense, especially, you know, the way that you talk about it. Um, I have no choice but to love it. Um, And Vic Fangio, who, you know, maybe he was a huge inspiration to that Eagles defense. I mean, they have the biggest role uh, on defense, but hey, like you said, everything he touches seems to turn to gold. And if he turns that Dolphins defense into gold, we're looking at something scary in Miami. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll jump in. Number number four. four. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yep. I'll I'll, I'll cut this shit out. (laughs) (laughs) I I have Baltimore Ravens at number four. We talked about it earlier, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but offense, potent as hell. Lamar. J.K. Dobbins, you have four great receivers, four good receivers at least, I would say, with OBJ, Devin DuVernay, uh, Rashad Bateman, and Zay Flowers in no particular order. Mark Andrews is maybe going to take the reins as the best tight end in the league at some point, but Travis Kelsey seems absolutely ageless. So not just yet, but still amongst the top. Offense is obviously stacked. That defense, like we were talking about, what how they were playing at the end of the year is lights out. I'm not worried about them being a top five defense. I'm worried if they're below top three even. So if they're not in top three, to, in my opinion, it means Roquan Smith got hurt. So uh, hopefully that, that holds up. But Ravens are, are stacked. They could be a whole lot higher than that. Just need to see that offense, Joe. Yeah. I, I I agree. Um, I have them on my list, so I'm not going to touch on them yet. Um, so my number four uh, is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, I think it's just another year of experience under the belt of this very nasty offense that we're seeing take shape between Burrow, Chase, um, Higgins, and Boyd. I leave Mixon um, off of that for the current moment just because we really don't know what we're about to get out of Joe Mixon ever again. Um, he's That guy's in some weird stuff. Um, but the Bengals, I mean, they, it seems like they've made some good moves for their offensive line. That's always been my biggest criticism. I think you just protect Joe Burrow and let Joe Burrow play his game. He's going to win a lot of games. And it's it's just like I told you. It's just I think it's just straight face, down to business, no more Von Bell, which I love, um, and just everything moving forward. It, it's just a team that they, they didn't get worse, so I, I still think they're a top-five team. Yeah, I, I'm not including Cincinnati in my top five, so I will touch on them right now. Uh, I think they did address the offensive line a bit, of course, signing Orlando Brown. I think that's a great signing, and I think that does help a lot. But what they didn't do is they didn't address running back where Joe Mixon suddenly question mark. Their running game was not very good last year, and I think it bit them hard. So I think they really had to rely on their passing game. It was a little inconsistent. And they're, when they got shut down, they lost. So that doesn't mean that they addressed all their holes to me. And in addition to that, I think what really anchored their defense last year, which their defense was pretty underrated last year, was Jesse Bates and Von Bell, who are both gone. So losing key pieces to your secondary, it's going to hurt. And it's a young secondary now, and I think teams are going to be able to beat them over the top. They're going to have to strike back, and they have firepower to do it. So I'm not saying they're going to be a bad team, but I don't have them in my top five for those reasons. So on to my number three. I I have 
the San Francisco 49ers coming in at number three. And I'm going to agree. Yeah. Uh, this you're, is where we agree. Third as well? Yep. Yeah, All right. This is where there we it agree. is. How about that? So the 49ers, <laughs> I, I just feel they showed everything they need to show. It took, what, one, two, three quarterbacks getting hurt for them to get slowed down. And yeah. they were on an absolute tear. Nobody could beat them at the end of the year. I don't think the Eagles would have beat them if Brock Purdy didn't fall apart and literally physically fall apart. I mean, we can have, we can have this argument now or on a different episode. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have time to talk about that today. (laughs) I I, I, put that in my notes, putting it in my notes. Right. Right. I'm not saying that it absolutely would have happened, but I do think the 49ers come out on top. It's, by by three points or something like that, but still, um, I think the 49ers didn't really lose much. And one underrated addition isn't getting a lot of attention, uh, but I think could end up coming into play here is the addition of Sam Darnold. I think Darnold might end up being the the guy there. Darnold looked good last year, man. He looked pretty good, and he didn't have a quarter of the weapons that he has in San Francisco. He has never in his career had the weapons he has in San Francisco. The thing is, they're not his weapons right now. They're somebody else's toys, and we'll see if he gets a chance to play with them. If he does, I think he's going to be a stud. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the the Eagles at th- – or the 49ers at three. I, okay, blah. I agree, 49ers at three. Um, the reason being is they got better. Somehow, someway, they got better in the offseason, improved where they needed to improve, got some very good pickups. And on top of that, I mean, you know, I don't – the reason why they're not my favorite in the AFC or in the – the reason why they're not my favorite in the NFC is because who knows what their quarterback situation really is. Um, you know, we don't know um, how Purdy's going to come back from that arm injury. We don't know how Trey Lance is going to bounce back. And we don't know what the fuck Sam Darnold's going to do if he if he gets to, you know, actually play with the toys that are not his. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, one could say that Sam Darnold would be really good. I'm on the side of I don't know because if, if they're – I mean, in my opinion, I think they should go with him week one. That is my full opinion. Let Trey Lance get his legs underneath him. I think that is the most yeah. important thing. If you want anything out of Trey Lance, you have to let his legs get underneath him. You keep just throwing him into the fire and throwing him into the fire. Let him get a chance to go into it. But if Sam Darnold is, you know, legendary, then, you know, you can just trade fucking Trey Lance and just ride it into the sunset with Sam Darnold. But at the same time, you got this whole Purdy thing. So I think it's too much drama in that quarterback room. Too much unanswered questions at the current moment, which doesn't have them at one um, for me. But literally everywhere else on the field is figured out and is beautiful and it's great. Right. And another thing is that I don't think they can continue keep um, paying both Ayuk um, and Debo past this year. So if this, they might see it as this, this is maybe this might be our last. I don't think yeah. it's going to be their last. Um, their window is going to close after this, but. When you consider Kittle is aging um, pretty fast, it seems. Um, seem. You know, Debo, he wants to get paid. Ayuk wants to get paid. Um, McCaffrey, we don't, I mean, we all, a lot of people, I mean, I didn't, but a lot of people wrote him off because yeah. he's getting older. Um, so this this could very well be the one year that they really are focused into. And if they do that, I think Darnold should start. 
Um, but that I, I agree with you. I think Darnold's perfect for it. I, it's just a meme to me that his existence, that's why I laugh. But uh, <laughs> it, yeah. it is funny, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, so num- number two for me, uh, and you're right, I don't have them winning the NFC either, despite being third best team overall. I do have one NFC team higher than them. Philadelphia Eagles. You we agree again. <laughs> and they get better. It, yeah. how, how does that even happen? You don't get a team that, like, typically lose a Super Bowl, they peaked. They got there, they they almost had it, and then they fall apart. That's just what we typically see. This is not going to be that. They reloaded, and it's wild how much talent they That's a scary thought. <laughs> yeah. So it, they added talent on both sides of the ball. It's nuts. So I, I have the Eagles as my number two, only one team uh, ranked higher than that. I'll yeah. let you talk Eagles and then give give us your number one. Yeah, so I mean, when when it comes to the Eagles, you know, we paid Jalen Hurts, and I think it was well deserved. You know, the Eagles are making it clear that they're going to be behind him. It's not a you know a stupid Wentz and full situation where you pay both and just see what happens. But then you know Jalen Hurts just rises up out of the the ashes. Um, but yeah, Jalen Hurts is a paid man. You know, this is going to be another year where he has both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith where, you know, we knew they were going to be good, but I didn't know they were going to be that right. good. And the addition that Dallas Goddard was able to add to this offense, he's been there the whole time, but his addition as well makes this offense scary. Their running back room is nuts. I mean, I, I can make the argument that it's better than it was last year because it's way more diverse um, especially if Penny stays healthy. If if Penny yeah. stays healthy th- and Swift as well, this is going to be disgusting because we've seen what Gainwell can do. And then on the defense end, you got younger and you kept your veterans. That is just insane. You know, my hat's off to the Eagles. I love what they did. Um, and again, it's scary because they got that taste of the Super Bowl, and I think they're gonna they're gonna be hungry. They're gonna want it again. Um, Hurts, he got paid. So literally all he has left to do is win a Super Bowl in his young right. career. So it, it's a beautiful situation. So yeah, it's a good time being one, Yeah, a great time. A very fantastic time. <laughs> um, but number one, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. So yes, it's shocking. You know, the Chiefs are off my list. I have a feeling that, that they're on your list and I'll save my, my Chief uh, comments for that. The Baltimore Ravens are my number one. What we saw from their defense last year, how inspired they still were with Huntley, you know, as the head. Huntley's still on the team, I believe, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, the I I don't know why I even asked that because that doesn't matter. But their their defense. They're not going to be number one for long. Yeah. (laughs) Watching what their defense did to the Bengals, and then the very next week, watching what the Bengals did to the Bills. I mean, I have every reason to believe that we could have been seeing the Baltimore Ravens as the Super Bowl champs or maybe losing to the Eagles if Lamar was healthy. Lamar is going to be healthy unless some freak injury happens or maybe he misses a week or two um, here and there. He's going to play through the shit that he wasn't playing through before, and that is such an addition on its own. And now you're giving him people to pass to? I... I can't. I'm wow. sorry. I I have to go with the, I have to go with the Ravens. Um, a surprise to many, 
uh, maybe. But for me, it's I really, after that one game that they had with the Bengals, really made me believe in what they had if they were able to keep Lamar. And hey, they kept Lamar, and it wasn't an ugly scenario. It wasn't an ugly re-signing. It was great. Everything is up. They got him Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe they get him Hopkins. Maybe they get him some other um, receiver through the season. But I love it. They're my number one. Yeah, and and honestly, I have a hard time arguing it. Like I said, I I do feel yeah. that they're very likely going to be the best defense in the league. If not, they're at least going to be top three or so. Uh, so then you look at that crazy ass offense. It, it's really really <laughs> hard to argue. And we that might be the first Lamar. time you cursed on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. For, it's worth it for for the Ravens here. So, it, Lamar's health, I think it was fluky. I think it is just a weird one-off that he gets hurt and stays out last year. Because we talk about his ability to run and get out of bounds, his ability to run and not take hits, and we talk about the opposite of it in Josh Allen. So it's. I, I think he can and will stay healthy. I, I think if he does, it's going to be hard to beat this team. When he was staying healthy, they were progressing further and further into the playoffs every year. Then he gets hurt, and it's obviously not the same situation. But this is the time. The teams around him, I don't see why not. I had a hard time bumping him down to four, so I'm glad you have him at number one. I do have the Chiefs at number one. Honestly, I don't even have rationale at this point. <laughs> is I picked it's them the Tom Brady effect, right? I had them picked fourth in the division last year for, for a little while. I came to my senses a little bit, but still didn't really have them toward the top of any lists. And they proved me wrong. And until they prove me wrong in the opposite direction, they're just going to sit at the number one spot because Mahomes, I think, is absolutely magical. I think he's going to make something happen with, like, half of a receiver room. I don't get it. I don't know how it's going to happen. But between him and Andy Reid, they're just going to figure it out. That's all there is to it. So I got Chiefs at number one. And this is where I'm going to have to disagree and why I didn't include them in, in the top five. Because, yes, they pulled it off last year, right? But I want everyone to understand what it took for them to actually pull that off, right? So, you know, first off, they beat the Jaguars. I think everybody expected that. You know, Mahomes yeah. gets hurt, whatever. But the Bengals, a lot of referee influence. I don't think anyone can deny that um, at this point. There was a lot of referee influence in that game. Referees definitely wanted to make, you know, their voices heard in that game for whatever reason. Um, and then the the Eagles had to absolutely – their generational, one of the best defenses of all time, masterclass, as I called it, had to collapse for them to have a chance. And on top of that, they needed a miraculous defensive effort. Nobody in their right mind could have predicted that the Chiefs' defense was going to be good for that span of games because their defense is not good. So with his with his you know receiving room getting worse, I do not know how he pulls this off. And I honestly, if he's gonna he's gotten hurt almost every year that he's played. I don't know if he if he's to get hurt this time if he's really gonna like really pull through and want to play through it while yeah. like the team is in this state. And on top of that, he wants to get paid more fucking money. <laughs> so <laughs> I I really I can't put the Chiefs number one. If they prove me wrong, hats off. They proved me wrong last year. Well, I I think we both kind of saw them going to the Super Bowl, but losing yeah. to whoever was gonna come out of the the NFC. But 
We'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if they keep paying Mahomes more money, I think you and I are going to be suiting up at wide receiver next year. So. Oh hell yeah! I mean, yeah. I think we, I think we both can give them some kind of. We're gonna, we're gonna give them some something that I think anybody else on that field is going to be able to give them. Right, really, right. But <laughs> I don't think we're gonna get paid any more to do that than we would to do this podcast. So either way, we're we're on board. So I think we're gonna see the Chiefs along for hell of a ride one more time so let's see it until they prove me wrong chiefs number one absolutely so to wrap us up uh let let's have a little more fun here today as we record this podcast nfl released their schedules uh there's we're not going to take you through the whole schedule we're not going to read it out i know built different podcasts is not your general news outlet uh so let's I know just you guys are not tuning into this so that you guys can find out who's facing who so you guys right, can go right. on google you can go on espn you can go anywhere you can yeah, find the full maybe schedule someday you'll find the full <laughs> release on the built different podcast not this day uh so instead today let's just talk about the exciting parts uh so what's the one game you're most looking forward to that you were happiest to see uh after the schedule release I am 110% going to this game. The Eagles in Philadelphia hosting the New York Giants on Christmas freaking day. We know what happened the last time they faced on Christmas day. The One of the best memories I have as a football fan with Deshaun Jackson um, winning that game at the end for them. This is, this is, this is great. This is going to yeah. be beautiful. I'm going to, I'm going to love every moment of it. I'm going to this game. Um, I feel like it has high, a very high chance that the Giants could upset the Eagles here. Um, but you know what? I cannot wait for this game. Um, that's that's my game of the year right there. That's awesome. And I fully trust that you'll be throwing snowballs at Santa Claus in typical Philadelphia fashion. So Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you enjoy that for sure. One game that I'm not going to make it to, but I'm very excited about nonetheless. Dolphins versus Chiefs in Germany. Germany. I love Germany game. football. And that it, game alone is going to be crazy. Yeah. So. It, I think that is the best game that's been overseas. And yeah. I can't really think of one that's any bigger than this. So the, the Dolphins have played in Europe before. Uh, London, at least, likes the Dolphins. I'm curious what Germany thinks of the <laughs> reigning Super Bowl champs versus the Miami Dolphins. I wonder how Germans choose their allegiances. I mean, I picked mine <laughs> based on the colors when I was five years old, but everybody picks an NFL team in America. I don't know who does or how they do or what in, in Germany, but I'm curious. I, I want to see what the fan share looks like. I, there's probably going to be jerseys from all the teams in the stadium. But it's a party over there, man. And I, I think they're going to have a very, very exciting game to watch. It might convince me to get my passport, man. I don't <laughs> <Right>. know. <laughs> right. And you know what is a little icing on the cake? We don't have to go to Arrowhead. So that feels pretty damn good, too. So there are a couple nice little nuggets from the Dolphin schedule. Just taking a look around, we, we open up. I mean, the whole schedule's super hard it's just ridiculous how many good teams yeah. we play the afc is going to be a bloodbath yeah i just opening up we're at chargers at the patriots home against the broncos then at buffalo Dude, what the Brutals. what the fuck did they do to us because the eagles open up against the the patriots and then they then all of a sudden the dolphins <laughs> get to go to fucking new england like what are they yep 
Yep. And uh, <laughs> that's going to be Sunday night football, which is nice. We're getting a little more prime time this year. Uh, yeah. But what's cool is we're knocking out our two, at least, let's see. We're, where are we at the Jets, though? So, oh, we're at New York Jets on Black Friday. Uh, so could oh, be yeah, a little Black bit of a cold weather game, yeah. game there, but nothing too crazy. Uh, that's another exciting game. Happy to see that we're going to be taking down Aaron Rodgers on Black Friday. Uh, but then our Buffalo game and our New England games are at home are late, late, late in the year. Uh, so I like – or we wrap up – versus Buffalo at home. So them playing in the heat is typically not fun. We knock out our game at Buffalo early in the year. So everything I want to see as Dolphins fan basically is my wish list is granted aside from having some easier opponents. That wasn't going to happen. So all in all, (laughs) happy release day. Uh, I also love that the Chiefs and Lions are kicking us off to start the year. I think that's going to be fireworks right off the rip. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I love, I love that game. It's gonna be cool. I mean, I, I love that the, you know, Detroit. They're getting the right amount of media love that they should be. Yeah. Um, and I think if we look at the previous, you know, openers from the Super Bowl, um, you know, winners from the prior season. So, for example, you know, the the Rams faced the Bills last year. You know, it was obvious that the NFL all year long was pushing the Buffalo Bills agenda. You know, mm-hmm. Josh Allen MVP. You know, all the all this crazy shit. Um, you know, they're going to go all the way, uh, whatever have you. Um, the year before that, you know, the Buccaneers who had won, you know, they faced the Cowboys. That was also the year that everyone was like, oh, my God, the, the Dallas Cowboys are going to do some amazing things. America's team, blah, blah, blah. Ended with Dak Prescott running and running the clock out on the last play of the game. Um, not even a throw. Fuck it. Not even a throw. Um, and then the year before that, um, you know, Deshaun Watson, who had just signed his extension in Houston, you know, they played the defending champions chiefs. So the NFL has a very, you know, at least for the past three years, um, they have a way of showing you who is going to get a lot of media attention. Um, and I think it's very fair that it's the Detroit Lions this year. Very fair. Yeah, well-earned. I, I think that is really the team that America's behind. You can say America's team. In a yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, the Lions are the biggest feel-good story in all of football right now. So it, it's really, really hard not to love them. Uh, so especially after Hard Knocks, it just really amplified that. I'm. I couldn't be more interested in in that first game like that is such an exciting game to watch and you don't really see that typically when they're not rivals and and stuff it's not even in the right. same conference so it, it's it's gonna be a fun one and i think it's uh it's gonna be a great season hell yeah man and with that we're gonna leave we're gonna leave the episode there do you have any final thoughts anything you want to say to to close this out Let's let the Chiefs versus Lions ride us right off into the sunset here. Hell yeah. So, you know, with that being said, you know, we got we got some cool episodes, you know, coming up planned for you guys. Um, the next episode, you know, I think uh, Bill and I, we're going to be very kicked back. I think we're going to hit a bar before the episode. Um, it's going to be an absolutely unedited episode. We're going to call it episode 14 uncut or hardcore or whatever. I'm gonna, we're going to call it something. It's going to be a very laid back episode. We're going to talk, you know, some of our favorite, you know, memories, you know, some crazy theories we have for the upcoming season, maybe past seasons. We'll figure that out. 
nonetheless, it's going to be a very chill episode we have planned for you guys. And, you know, moving forward, we're going to have some guests. So with that being said, a lot of exciting stuff as the Build Different podcast gets right back on the train track. So make sure you guys like, subscribe, share, sell your souls. Shout out to Belgium. Have a good night.